It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 6th of April, a dismantling of the L.A. Clippers, 27 of 32 and more. Royce O'Neal versus Lou Williams, average defensive players or above, Dante's explosion. Plus, huge news around the NBA with Kyrie Irving out for the playoffs. And it's a Pack Friday, a loaded show coming up on Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, a lot of those today. Look behind the curtains a little bit on what's going on with this team and bring it to you every day. Today's show brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai by Intercap, Morg Lending, and by Optimal Norms. All right, we're going to dig right in because we're loaded with stuff, and I've got way more uh, stuff than the 30 minutes I try to keep the show to every day for you. It's the Bite Size Daily Podcast on your Utah Jazz. All right, last night was just a complete, complete dismantling of the Clippers. Uh, the Jazz came out, blasted them early. Donovan had one of his biggest first quarters of the year. Rubio was rolling again. Uh, I said yesterday on the show there were kind of three or four things to keep an eye on, uh, one of which was I knew the Jazz would get good looks off of the Clippers. They did exactly that, and they made them. Uh, the second one we talked about was the Clippers were 26th in the league in defense after misses since the trade. In other words, they're not good at getting back defensively. And the Jazz took that away, or the Jazz took advantage of that. Uh, I thought the Jazz really just fabulously exploited every single one of the weaknesses of the L.A. Clippers in that game. That's what that's what jumped out to me. Uh, and then on the defensive end, just a fa- an incredible game plan from Quinn Snyder, uh, the coaching staff, Antonio Lang and Zach Guthrie were the coaches that were uh, designed to this or set to this game. And one of the things that, that they really identified was that the Clippers run their pick and roll to shoot. We run our pick and roll to start the offense, get the advantage basketball, and start swing moving it. The Clippers do it just to shoot. So you saw the Jazz overcommitting a great deal defensively, knowing that Tobias Harris, Lou Williams, Austin Rivers' intention was not to pass. Uh in postcast yesterday with, with Ron, I told a story about kind of what happened at shoot-around. Um, or no, I think I did at the end of the broadcast last night. There was a moment in shoot-around yesterday 
in which Quinn was explaining to the, you know, they're walking through how they want to defend something. Quinn's going through the explanations, and the Jazz, uh, the way it works is you're you're starting five is playing defense. Your next five is running the opponent's play. So the Jazz next five ran the play for the Clippers and moved the ball the way the Jazz do. So the defensive scheme that the Jazz kind of had had instituted left to a wide-open corner three, which the Jazz just don't – you know, that's kind of fundamentally against anything the Jazz do. So everyone on the floor was kind of like, wow, is this system going to work? And it, it really almost took a moment for Quinn to kind of say he, – he didn't do it in this in this words, but I'm I'm using these words. He To kind of say, hey, that's what we do, but it's not what they do, so this defense will be all right. And to me, that's what uh, that's what jumped out, is that the Jazz played this defensive structure last night knowing exactly how Tobias Harris – Lou Williams and Austin Rivers tendencies were and and the minute the Clippers suddenly had to move the ball they were working at a disadvantage uh and the Jazz really just blasted them last night uh where we sit is is truly remarkable um we've won 27 of 32 games we've won 46 overall over under in Vegas, we talked about earlier this week was forty point five. This is this is truly kind of mind blowing stuff. Uh, the according to Andy Larson's uh, model and also some others, we have an over fifty percent chance of hosting Game One of the playoffs. Like we have a real chance to get home court advantage. Did any of us ever consider, no, you're lying, you did not. Did anyone ever consider that? No, absolutely not. Uh, It's just, it's a tribute to the guys, it's a tribute to the coaching staff, it's a tribute to the front office. Uh, It's also, you know, as I've said and wrote about on Empty the Noggin at LockedOnJazz.net, is it is also support something where I think you have to kind of recalibrate how you value certain things in this game. This team is really defying what people understand of the game and who they are. Um, And that, to me, is what jumps out maybe more than anything else is, you know, last night, Royce O'Neal guards Lou Williams. Everyone in the league values Lou Williams more than Royce O'Neal. And yet, Lou Williams is maybe the best offensive player in the NBA coming off the bench. And maybe the worst defensive player. And Royce O'Neal is maybe the best defensive player in the NBA coming off the bench. Uh, And one of the less good offensive players. Okay, If we're really honest about it and you kind of look at some of what his... Uh, shooting is based on the shots he gets, things of that nature. Um, that that value structure has always been that the offensive players, oh, you just get the guy off the bench who goes and scores for you. Royce O'Neal last night had a much larger impact on the game than Lou Williams. By shutting down Lou Williams, Royce O'Neal had a, had a huge, huge impact on the game, far superior 
to what Lou Williams did otherwise. And then offensively, Royce wasn't bad last night. He had a great backdoor cut for Lane. He hit a corner three, which he'll hit 30-some-odd percent of the time. He's not – I mean, there, there's a level also where and, – and this is the worst offensive player in the NBA, probably Andre Robertson – is so much better than the worst defensive player in the NBA on a comparative scale. To get in the NBA, you have to be decent offensively. You just don't. You don't. You don't get here. We don't. We value de- offense all the way along the way from college scholarships to drafting to roles on teams. So the worst offensive player is still all right, right? I mean, Rick. Ricky Rubio is arguably the worst shoot, is really statistically going into the season like one of the worst shooters the game's ever seen. He's still a 38% corner three shooter, 34% above the break shooter. I mean, that's not terrible. It's not good. And it's actually pretty good now. He's 35%. But for his career, even his on the worst day, if he's impacting the game defensively, is better than the worst defensive point guard. Royce O'Neal's 38% on a corner three. All right, so that's so my weakness is that if he gets a corner three, he hits it at 38%. I'll take that because of all the other things he brings. This is where I think the value structure in the league, the Jazz are blowing up the value structure in the league because nobody, nobody looks at that player and values him in that manner and values the defensive player. Royce O'Neal's a great story. I think I've told this story a few times. Royce O'Neal comes to Jazz training camp, gets hit in the in a free agent camp. Like it, the Jazz are doing free agent camps, guys there, you know, they have them in the summer. A bunch of guys come in, most of them you never heard of. Royce O'Neal gets hit in the mouth, keeps playing. His tooth is like on the ground. They send him to the doctor. He gets whatever fixed or looked at and plays the night session. Like that's a. That's a guy wanting to play. Doc Rivers talked last night about how this team he's had, of the Clippers, is the most enjoyable team he's coached and ever had because of their persistence. In a sense, he said, hey, some of these guys are still just trying to prove they belong in the league, so they're not phased by things that other people are phased by. And, and that, in turn... You know, it's a little bit, I don't know if you've heard Rudy Tomjanovich talks about that he always wanted to have guys who had CBA, uh, not collective bargaining agreement, Continental Basketball Association in those days, guys on the roster, Mario Eli, Matt Maloney's, because, and remember, Dennis Lindsay was with the Rockets during this time period because of the fact that every season has three storms. And how you deal with those storms is what's going to define you. And when they when that happens, and when you're def- you know when when you get hit by those storms, and you're how you react to that. If you've been in the CBA, you're just fighting to be around. You're going to react to those three storms correctly. It's a pretty good thought process. Yesterday on the show, we got an incredibly awesome question about. My pack theory of uh, that you have to have everybody being above average offensively. What happens if you have everybody above average defensively? I want to check on that. Dante Exum's impact uh, on the Jazz offense. I want to touch on that. Pelton came out with his all-defensive team. I thought it was interesting. Kyrie Irving uh, injured 
John, uh, we'll get a check-in from Locked on Celtics on that breaking news, and we'll do packs. So still loaded with a ton of stuff. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. Uh, Blake and the crew, they're also over in Logan and in Linden. Uh, enjoy uh, getting to know these guys a lot. L- let me talk to you about Hyundai. Uh, Hyundai is a brand that I'm not sure you realize how many people are out on the market loving it right now. I'm driving the Sonata right now. It's smooth. It feels like a luxury sedan. It's got great pickup. Maybe, you know, really smooth ride. Uh, I won't tell the speed that I hit yesterday coming up parlays without noticing it um, because I have a 15-year-old son, and we don't want them to know that those things ever happen. Uh, Absolutely great ride, great features, comfortable, and yet for the same price in another brand, you're paying way more. And you're getting the 100,000-mile assurance from Hyundai. You're getting the Murdox No Regrets Policy, which is the five-day price match guarantee, the return policy, the car washes and oil changes for life. These are So you've got a brand that's incredible value with a great ride. I also had the uh, Santa Fe and absolutely adored the Santa Fe, probably uh, looking into getting one. The... Uh, then you have the Murdochs doing everything they can for you. It's a great mix for you. So if you haven't, if you're in the market for a car, 4646 South State Street. And as we move into the summer, if you're looking for Ionics or a hybrid, excuse me, look at the Ionic. Uh, we drove that for a while, loved it. Uh, great hybrid. Don't just automatically go to the Prius. The prices are incredible. I just looked up the 2018 Ionic hybrid blue hatchback is twenty three thousand dollars. That's that's an amazing deal. At, Hun- at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. Today's show is also brought to you by Optimal Norms. Optimal Norms is really interesting. Optimal Norms allows you to put your child in the best position for success as an athlete because mental aspects of the sport are critical for any success, whether it's performing under pressure, handling failure, staying confident, being motivated, focused, good decision-making, relaxing in stressful things. This is all part of the mental aspects of sport. What Optimal Norms does for you is they sit down with you one-on-one as a mental performance consultant doing deliberate training, the mental aspects of their sport, with most athletes don't take the time to do. Consultants have advanced degrees in sports science and psychology. Here's what's really cool. With modern technology and Optimal Norms being on the cutting edge of it, If your athlete's out traveling at an event, like most of our kids end up doing at some point, and they want to check in with their mental performance consultant, they can do it online as well. So call Optimal Norms, 801-722-8180. That's 801-722-8180. Visit OptimalNorms.com. That's OptimalNorms.com. Tell them you're locked on jazz, and you can have one free session when you purchase five or more. Get your mental performance consultant for your athlete and your family at 801-722-8180. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right. Um, yesterday, somebody asked the question on Facebook Live of my whole pack theory is that we do uh, the the best. We give you the every if everyone's above average offensively, you got a championship caliber team. It's what Houston has this year other than Joe Johnson. Uh, so what happens if you have every player being above average defensively? It was a great question. I don't have a metric for it, but it's exactly what the Jazz have right now. So if you look at the Jazz right now, since Rudy came back, every single player on the team's defensive rating is elite. Uh, Donovan Mitchells is the best at 95.7. Jay Crowder at 96.1. Ricky Rubio, 96.1. Rudy Gobert, 96.4. Joe Ingles, 97.0. Dante Exum, 97.6. League average is 106-107 here, people. We're talking 90s. Boston's the best in the NBA at 101 for the season. This is since Gobert's return. Royce O'Neal's at 98.3. Derek Favors is 100.8. Jonas Jerebko's a 101.5, and Howell Neto's a 101.7. Incredible. So the Jazz defensive ratings universally across the board are all well above average. What the question was asked is it's a there's nobody on the Jazz roster that if you're playing against us, you want to face. You, you have no interest in going up against any of those guys if you're another guy on an offense tonight. And so the Jazz have created a team where every single one of the players is above average defensively. And frankly, Cephalosha fits that as well, who's injured. And so, that yeah, that's part of the magic to what's taking place uh, with this year's team. The Jazz offense is really good right now. Now, this is the worst time of the year to make any value judgments on anything because half the teams are playing around. But Warriors game is when Dante has a pretty good game, or if you can go back to Dallas, Jazz put their 10th best offensive game of the year against Dallas. Limited Warrior team, they put their 22nd against Grizzlies were terrible, 23rd. 8th against Minnesota, who's not defensively minded. 17th against the Lakers and 11th against the Clippers. So the Jazz have, in their last five games, six games, have put five of the six in their top 25 offensive games of the year and seven of their last nine. They also, against Boston, put out their 58th worst of the season in a loss. Um, and the loss to the Spurs, actually, the offense was fine. So Boston, against the number one defense in the league, they had a bad they had a bad game. And against Atlanta, they were even worse, 70th. But uh, 
So, you you know, that's – but that's what it takes right now. Since we've started playing defense, here's the offensive rating in our losses. This is important. 98.7, 108 against San Antonio. 90.4 against Atlanta. 88 against the Rockets. 85 against Portland. A little daunting that these are playoff teams. 91 against Atlanta. So in the losses since December 22nd, in four of the five, we've just had to be awful, absolutely awful offensively to lose. 98.7 to Boston, you lost by three. Atlanta, 90.4, you lost by five. Rockets, 88.9, you lost by 11. Like, I haven't done this, but I'm going to guess if you have an offensive rating below 95, well, actually, I do know this. If you have an offensive rating below 95, you win 8% of your games. Okay, so that's, like, that's what it takes for us to lose right now. It's kind of wild. So, back to the offense. I don't know if this is a direct correlation, but since Dante Exum has clicked in, the Jazz offense has been really good. With Dante on the floor in the 11 games now, remember early in the year I, we talked about how Dante was kind of messing things up. Now it's the offensive rating is a 112 with him on the floor. With him on the floor, we're shooting 41% of our shots in the restricted area. Regularly we do 31%. We actually are taking 6% fewer mid-range shots just with Dante on the floor. So, we're, not, our, our, we're taking 33% of our shots as threes. We take 35% when he's off the floor. So we're not taking less threes per se, a little bit, but not a lot. We're just taking less mid-range, low-percentage shots. And the mid-range shots, we are going in at a kind of an unnatural rate right now. Uh, but so, so with Dante, in those 11 games the offense has suddenly gotten to be pretty good. In the last, I'd say Dante's playing very, very well in the last seven. That Warrior game was kind of like, hey, finally, you know, give him four games to figure it out, and then he got it. Four games is hardly anything. In those seven games since, the offensive rating with Dante on the floor is a 119.8. He's really a tremendous changeup. In in that stretch, we're shooting a few less threes. But there's something that maybe Dante is doing that's pushing the offense along a little bit right now. It's maybe might be huge for the playoffs. I, I don't know how much it, all these things translate because this time of year is just a terrible, terrible time of year to have anything translate at all. But it's worth keeping an eye on. The pace is a little faster. He's been incredible getting to the basket. He may have really brought something to this t- team uh, that we didn't have before and is showing. Kevin Pelton did the the all-NBA defensive team today, which I thought was great because I know Kevin well enough to know how hard he works on it. And I just thought I'd share them with you because, you know, this kind of – he's basically saying these are the five best defensive players at each position. So DeJounte Murray was his first team point guard with Drew Holiday as his second. It's interesting. Um. Chris Dunn, Chris Paul, and Ricky Rubio were the next five, were the next three honorable mention. Shooting guards, Andre Robertson, 
Victor Oladipo, Jalen Brown, Danny Green, Clay Thompson. Um, small forward, Robert Covington, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Luke Bamute, and Royce O'Neal. Um, power forward, Draymond Green, Al Horford, Al Farouk Aminu, Giannis Adetokounmpo, and Anthony Davis. Center, Rudy Gobert and Defensive Player of the Year, Joel Embiid, Aaron Baines, Yusuf Nurkic, and David West. Nurkic is interesting. Wouldn't think of him, but they've been, uh, their rim protection's been good. He's been in the lead with Gobert and Embiid in that category, and their defense is good. So great piece by Pelton. I thought that was that was fabulous. All right, one other news note before we get to pack. Breaking story yesterday, Kyrie Irving out for the playoffs. The Locked On Podcast Network has all the local experts covering the biggest stories. Let's get a report on what this means for the Celtics and the playoffs from John Corrales. John Corrales here from Locked On Celtics to talk about the breaking Kyrie Irving injury news. He is going to have surgery on his left knee to remove screws that were implanted in 2015 when he fractured his patella. Now, you might remember a few weeks ago, he had surgery on that same knee to remove a supporting wire that was also part of that same injury. Now what they have found is an infection at the site of the screws. So they're going back in. They're going to take the screws out. They're going to clear up the infection. The Celtics say his knee is structurally sound, but it's going to take four to five months for everything to recover and for him to get back to playing basketball. The Celtics' focus has always been on next season, especially after the Gordon Hayward injury, but now they definitely will not have Kyrie Irving back for the playoffs. After the initial surgery, they had thought maybe he'd return at some point in the first or second round. Now that is out. So the immediate impact for the Boston Celtics is Terry Rozier is probably going to move into the starting point guard role, a role that he has served well for the Celtics so far in Kyrie's absence and in Marcus Smart's absence. They hope to get Marcus Smart back at some point in the first round. He's got he's had that thumb surgery to repair a torn tendon, so hopefully for the Celtics that he comes back, but immediately they will not have Kyrie Irving for this playoff run. It's going to be tough getting out of the first round for the Celtics. If they do and they get to a second round, that's going to be especially difficult. So I'm sure teams are going to start lining up hoping to play the Celtics in that second round. That specifically would be Cleveland. Long term, they say the knee is structurally sound and they hope to start next season with a healthy Gordon Hayward and a healthy Kyrie Irving. And the Celtics priority has always been that. So... We'll see how that goes, but right now there's no further damage. It's not another injury. It's not a separate thing. It's all part of the same thing to clear up what they had done to fix his knee in 2015, and this should remove every apparatus that was in there, and once that's out and healed and the infection is gone, Kyrie Irving should be good to go. We'll see. That's the breaking news. I'm John Corrales from Locked On Celtics. All right, we'll do pack next. Today's show is also brought to you by Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending is a uh, 40-year-old company, mortgage lending company, that's one of the largest independents, moved in April of 2016 by Josh Romney to Utah. They're now employing about 
200 people in Utah. They do things a little differently. They're hyper-responsive. They've embraced technology change, and they want you to have a great experience. That's what moved me to do our refinance with Intercap Lending. How do they do things differently? Well, they service their own loan. They have a long-term relationship that's better for you as the customer. How do they embrace change? They've done it with their incredible app. Uh, and you can do so much of your lending right on the app. So download the Intercap Lending app. You can actually get pre-approved and pre-qualified or pre-qualified based on the information through the app. You can give to your realtor in this really hot market. That'll help you out a lot. Responsiveness. Steve Carter was just amazing. I mean, that's who I dealt with, and you'll deal with it. Three eight five eight hundred eighty five twenty eight. That's three eight five eight hundred eighty five twenty eight. Steve Carter was just amazing. And my borrow experience was great. It was in the middle of the season. I don't have time. It's not something I would usually do. Uh, I, I met these guys over there, sat down with and Josh, understood what they do as a company. Uh, Steve Carter took care of me. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So if you're going to get a refinance, do it with uh, Intercap Lending, 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. Tell them you're a Locked On listener, and you'll give you an appraisal for free once you do your loan. Intercap Lending, NMLS 19-0465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Because they're direct lenders, by the way, if you have uh, multiple properties, self-employed business assets, to make it a little more complicated, that's the place. Intercap Lending. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, let's do Pack Friday. I did not pre-prepare the questions that I got, but uh, let's look. All right, this is kind of who's going to be our Pack Offensive All-Stars and all those kind of things. We... Our next Friday, we're we're going to be in the playoffs. I, I I don't know if we'll we may not do pack uh, again. Uh, your pack winner for the year will be Steph Curry. Uh, for those who are new to pack, points above average created. The concept is Sam Hinkie's in town. So go sit down with Sam Hinkie, see what he puts flaws in it. Uh, the the idea is if Steph Curry is using twenty scoring opportunities a night, how many more points is he scoring? in a game than the average player would or a collection of average players would with those same 20 scoring opportunities? And the answer is Steph Curry, 4.7. Kevin Durant, 3.5. And by the way, that's why when push comes to shove, I'm still taking the Warriors. It's just that that twosome is too hard to overcome. 4.7 for Curry, 3.5 for Durant. Harden is a 3.1. Carl Anthony Towns, Fourth best offensive player in the league, 3.0. LeBron, fifth. Anthony Davis, sixth. Rudy Gobert, seventh, 2.2. Kyrie Irving, eight. Clint Capella, nine. Yadis Adetokounmpo, 10. You've all heard me say this a million times. 
when eight of the ten make perfect sense to you, don't dismiss the stat because of the other two. Reevaluate what you think of the other two. Clint Capella and Rudy Gobert are offensive forces. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is 11. Dame Lillard is 12. Montrell's Harrell, who we saw last night, is 13. Ennis Cantor, 14. Steven Adams, 15. Kevin Love, 16. J.J. Redick, 17. Nikola Jokic, 18. Chris Paul, 19. Clay Thompson, 20. Kyle Korver, 21. Jonas Valanciunas, 22. Dwight Powell, interesting, 23. Julius Randle, 24. Joe Harris in Brooklyn, 25. Gary Harris, 26. Bobong Banyanovich in Indiana, 27. Anthony Tolliver, 28, undervalued. Jimmy Butler, 29. Darren Collison, 30th, undervalued. Should I keep going just because it's our final one? Joe Ingles, 31. Pretty good player. Kyle Lowry, 32. DeMarcus Cousins, 33. Otto Porter, 34. 35, John Collins in Atlanta. That's pretty good. Highest rookie right there. He's going to be really good. 36, Taj Gibson. 37, Kelly Olenek. Reggie Bullock in Detroit, 38. Tyson Chandler, 39. DJ Augustine, 40th. What a great evolution of his career. Might as well go to 50. Jarrett Allen in Brooklyn, rookie, 41. Jakob Pertl, 42. Chris Middleton, 43. Victor Oladipo, 44. Darius Miller, 45. Alex Len, 46. Dario Saric, 47. Eric Gordon, 48th. 49, Mike Scott. And 50th, Derek Favors. Pretty good player. It's interesting Jazz have three of the top 50 in the offense there and maybe makes us have a better understanding of why they're able to survive offensively. Uh, Dante and his 11 games are right in this next group. Just to give you an idea, the 50th player in the league is Derek Favors at .7 points above average. The the best is Steph Curry at 4.7. Like, that is such a huge edge. There, as has always been the case seemingly every year, three or four guys are above three. This year it's Carl Anthony Towns, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. And then we have... Six guys above two, and it almost always is the case that there's ten guys above two for whatever, however that breaks down. Your least, the biggest negative impact on the game offensively this year. Dennis Smith, Lonzo Ball, Markel Fultz is right there. Dion Waiters, not a surprise they got better. He only played 30 games. Josh Jackson, all rookies. Zach Levine coming off the injury. DeAndre Jordan, minus 1.9. So these guys are all minus two. Or they're, they're as bad as the 10 best offensive players. Chris Dunn, Carmelo Anthony, minus 1.8. Um, hey, let's do the 30 worst. We'll do the 30 and see where it gets us. Dennis Smith, one. Lonzo Ball, two. Playing over 30 games. Josh Jackson, Phoenix, three. Zach Levine, four. De'Aaron Fox, five. Chris Dunn, six. Carmelo, seven. Avery Bradley, eight. Andrew Wiggins, nine. John Wall, ten. Frank Nilakina, eleven. Marcus Smart, twelve. Tyler Eulis, thirteen. 
Dennis Schroeder, 14. By the way, look at the amount of point guards here. This is why Ricky Rubio being average is fine. This is kind of what I alluded to earlier this week. Juwan Evans played 50 games, 15. Emmanuel Moutier, 16. Isaiah Thomas was 17th. Russell Westbrook, minus 1.4, 18th. D'Angelo Russell, 19th. Stanley Johnson, 20th worst impact offensively. Um, Malik Monk, 21st. Frank Mason, 22nd. DeJounte Murray, 23. Dwayne Wade, 24th worst. Michael Carter-Williams, 25. Reggie Jackson, 26. Tyler Dorsey, 27. Guys who got to play more than 30 games. Jarrett Jack, 28. Paul Zipser, 29. And the 30th is Lance Stevenson at minus 1.0. So the bottom 30 guys are minus 1.0 or more. It's kind of, it's an inch. We had favors of the top 50 where he was. For the Utah Jazz for the season. Show's long, sorry. Uh, Rudy, 2.2. David Stockton, 1.6. Naz Long, 1.9. Stockton's 10-day expired. Jazz have to make a decision here today at some point. Joe Ingles, 1.2. Favors, 0.7. So 0.7 was 50. And 1.0 negative was 30. Dante, 0.7. Tabo, 0.5. Jonas, 0.2. Neto, and Udo, zero. Royce O'Neal, so we, this whole discussion, is in minus 0.3. Has almost no neg- negative impact on you offensively. Alec Burks, minus 0.4. Jay Crowder, minus 0.5. That's for the season. Rubio, minus 0.6. And Donovan, actually, is our lowest pack player at minus 0.6. Uh, this is not, I mean, that's a rookie. It's pretty good for a rookie. Didn't hear a lot of rookies on the front end of this thing, so... Uh, and Derek Favors was .7, so Donovan would be the highest guard rookie. Uh, hottest players in the league right now, LaMarcus Aldridge is the hottest player, Marco Bellinelli, Anthony Davis, Anthony Tolliver, Joe Harris, Lori Markinen's clicked in, he's only played five games, Ricky Rubio, LeBron James, Eric Bledsoe, Kelly Olenek, Rudy Gobert, Boyan Bonjanovic out of Indiana, uh, and Carl Anthony Towns are your... Hottest players in the NBA. Kyle Lowry has clicked in as well, by the way, as has Chris Middleton. Buddy Heald's having a really good second half of the season. Uh, least Reggie Jackson is the least efficient player right now. Nikola Jokic, C.J. Miles struggling, Darren Fox, Lonzo Ball. Aaron Gordon continues to be brutal in the second half of the season. Dwayne Wade, Kelly Oubre, C.J. McCollum really struggling. Interesting. Manuel Moutier, Ben McLemore, no big surprises. Uh, Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. Paul George, last 10 games, 37% from the field, 29% from three-year Utah Jazz over the last 10 games. Rubio, 3.4. Gobert, 3.0. Favors, 1.5. Burks, 1.0. Nice, A.B. Dante, 0.9. Joe Ingles, 0.8. Jerebko, 0.4. O'Neal, minus 0.4. Donovan, minus 1.4. Crowder, minus 1.4. All right, let me see what the quick questions were. Though we're long, I don't really have time for them today. But I did ask for them, so I better take at least one or two. 
dun, 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 would assume that I could get my uh, Twitter to bring me up my mentions right now, which it doesn't want to let me do. Still trying. I got distracted by a David Shaw video. Um, rookie 20-point scores pack compared to Donovan. That is a great question, but I... Um, I mean, you're talking Blake Griffin, I'm sure, was more efficient. And Tyreek Evans was probably similar. Um, any pack questions? Well, someone's wondering if Donovan's numbers-wise, is Donovan shooting better off the dribble or off the pass? And I got that question, and that leads you to believe, like, it's a great reminder of how few people actually hear what I ever say. Like, this has been a discussion for the last month, like, every day. Donovan's, like, 25%, 27% threes off the, off the bounce. Uh, and a million times better on catch and shoots. All right, I don't really think I have... I have very detailed kind of questions, but none of them that are really packed questions. So we're wrapped. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hope you have a great day. This has been an extended edition of Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Go to LockedOnSports.com for all your Locked On Podcast Network news and original content, as well as podcasts. And go to LockedOnJazz.net for your most exciting latest jazz news. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you.